0: Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Bestselling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison.
1: Welcome back to the show where you'll learn to transform your heartbreak into happiness. Now, I'm Sarah Davison, and I'm here as your trusted guide to help you every step along the way. On today's episode, I'm really excited to be talking with Kerry. Now, Kerry has been through a really challenging breakup, like so many of you listening right now. And I am really excited that she has been brave enough to share her story with us. And she is going to tell us all about her breakup and how she turned it around. Because I strongly believe that we can learn so much from other people who have walked in our shoes and gone through tough breakups and overcome the challenges that you're facing right now and therefore have got that experience in the bag. So, I'm going to be asking Kerry some questions about how she did it, how she turned around her life. So, I am super excited to welcome Kerry to the show. Welcome, Kerry. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thanks so much for volunteering to come on as my guest. So, tell us a little bit about you.
2: Sure. So, I am 43, I am mum to Ruby, who is 14, and Luca, who is nine. And Archie, who's our furry baby dog, who this, and you know Sarah, because we know each other, the three greatest loves of my life. Um, you can hear from my very strong Scottish accent that I am Scottish, but I spent 20 years in London, which still holds a very special place in my heart. Kids were born in London. Um, I was married uh, to uh, a Londoner. I spent many happy years in London. So now I am back. It uh, will be, f- for God, four years now we've been back in Scotland. So relocated when the kids were uh, seven and two. So um, I was lucky enough to relocate my job. So I am um, at an HR director for a a global us company i'm doing that uh, remotely which is good before pandemic i traveled with the job quite a lot up and down to london but obviously like everyone working from home predominantly and doing the whole homeschooling thing which is lots of fun right we're we're still in that madness up here so Uh, yes okay and so how long have you been divorced kerry so it will be five years sarah so uh, five years. yes yes okay. yes okay. which yeah which is a bit of a thing for me and myself because I have always said to you that's way too long to have been stuck right so uh but hey you always told me you know everyone's different and and all so so yeah five years it's been and only now I felt ready to share my story
1: and why now Kerry why now
2: Again, I thought about this and, you know, I went on your retreat and we know each other because you've been an amazing coach for me. But one, I've never told this story. And actually, well, obviously, my parents and my very close friends know. But I call them my new friends. I mean, we've moved back to quite a a, a little village um, and I'm going to call them my new friends and some mum friends. I haven't told any of them the real story right um with the exception of one one lady so um i just feel like i own it now and i feel really empowered and uh, another reason is i've decided to say yes to everything i kind of done that for the last 6 months and Not you know really. ruby keeps saying mom what are you doing this weekend mom what have you agreed to do right so we're doing we're doing all sorts now uh, crazy stuff and the third reason is truly to help others because since moving to the place I now live in it is unbelievable how many women are in that broken place that I was in and um, I always laugh and say I, I've, I've kind of become like a little uh, mini Sarah Davids you know just because I'm using your techniques and I'm recommending your book and and um, now they're all following you on social so and the fourth reason is I wanted to pay it forward to you actually as well. I feel like by um, sharing this and, and how I came through this is paying it forward. So those are the reasons.
1: Lovely, Carrie. I mean, I was surprised when your form I know. came in. You, were, I know. you responded to the social media post I put up on Instagram to mm-hmm. say, if anyone wants to be a, best, a guest on the show and has an inspiring story. So, I mean, obviously you are my first inspiring guest to have on the show because <laughs> I, mean, I know your story and I know what an amazing woman you are. But for my listeners out there who are yet to discover how amazing you are, tell us your story, Kerry. Go back and and tell us what's happened to you. Okay.
2: So uh, let's just do two minutes. So I met my ex-husband on holiday when I was 19. Benidorm, classy. You know, classy holiday romance, girly holiday. And everybody said, oh, holiday romance. Well, fast forward 20 years Right. Bearing in mind, I went back to a little town in Scotland and he went back to London. We commuted back and forward to each other, by the way, before mobile phones. Right. That's how old um, my daughter still can't get over that fact. No phones. So we commuted back and forward while I finished university and then we I moved down to London. He gave up his job, moved back so I can finish my university. And then I just left and, and went moved to London. Um, and stayed there for yeah, almost 20 years. Um, we travelled the world together. We went to New Zealand, Thailand, Australia. We didn't have our kids till quite later in life. We were dinkies, double income, no kids yet. You know, we partied in our twenties, didn't have the kids till 30. Bought a flat, uh, kept the flat, bought a nice house in a, in a lovely village in Essex. Uh, had our daughter, then had our son. People genuinely used to say Romeo and Juliet, right? It, it was like, you know, oh, God, there they are. Oh, God, get me a bucket, right? And, you know, even family members would kind of make this, these comments. So both very young, but, um, yeah, and then maybe six years ago, um, the night before we were going on our family holiday, Ruby was seven, Luca was one and a half, two, and... Um, He came home from work and said, I don't love you anymore. In the kitchen. I remember, I remember exactly where he was standing, by the boiler cupboard. (laughs) I actually remember, I remember the look in his eye that I'd never seen before. Um, This was the night before we were leaving to go to Portugal with our two kids on a 10 night holiday.
1: Had there been any signs before that, that there were problems?
2: This is classic, isn't it?
1: So at the time
2: that hit me like a freight train, uh, absolutely felt like thunderbolt from the blue. Like I remember my, almost my knees buckling. On reflection years later, um, he was becoming withdrawn, wasn't so up for things. Like we were very sociable. There was a very big group of friends he, he kept um, all of his school friends. So all the wives became my friends. There was football friends, my uni friends, and we were kind of the sociable ones. He became sort of resentful of doing things like that. So possibly, Sarah, those were signs, right? We went on that holiday. I, I can only really remember bits of that holiday because it was so traumatic, uh, like... I remember vividly being on the aeroplane and just not understanding, you know? Um, lying at the side of the pool, the kids were playing and it just fe- being like, I didn't tell my parents. I call them my school besties. You know, the girls you were at, literally at primary school. I called called one of them and um, she was like, no, you'll just be having a moment, right? You know, just, you know, it, it was kind of like that. Anyway, we made it through that holiday, came back, and this carried on. And he said, "Um, I need to move out. Um, I I need a break from us. And unbeknown to me is he was already in a relationship with my friend. How did you know this woman? This was um, one of the mums of a child in Ruby's class.
1: So how did that feel when you found that out? Well, How Sarah, did
2: find that out? Sarah, so this is the part that probably took me the longest to get over and my family because affairs happen. That's what my dad used to say. But lying to my face for a year, telling me it was my fault. And if I did this, he would come back going through marriage counseling and sitting there every Thursday morning. I'll never forget it. All the while he was, the truth was he was actually seeing her. He took, that went on for one year. I actually thought I was going mad. It was like torture because I couldn't understand. But I, I was saying, but what do you mean? One of the things that struck me was that March, with Mother's Day, he'd bought me this most beautiful bouquet of flowers and you know, done all this stuff. And then, you know, a matter of weeks later. So I, I couldn't put the pieces together. And it was like gaslighting now. I feel like that year was almost a form of abuse because I just felt like I was going mad. I couldn't understand. Um, And he didn't tell me, I found out, right? So so if you just came forward and said, look, this has happened, but I found out because one night the iPad synced and my daughter's iPad was on the side and I seen a message that said, I love you it's got to be hard right yes and the person um it was her number because it came up on my
1: daughter's iPad her name so you found out through a text message that came up on your daughter's iPad yeah one year later one year later of
2: him telling me this is all your fault and I'll come back if you do this and do that and this person this uh, lady consoled me for about nine months Went on holiday with me.
1: Yeah, went on holiday with you after yes. that. So whilst you were yes. going through that, she yes. was having an yes. affair. Yes. yes, yes. And there was a few times that I said, said to my
2: mum, "I'm sure there's something going on." And they were, "Kerry, absolutely not." And I, I also to so one other person, one other kind of mutual friend, and it's absolutely not. So again, that added. I'm thinking, I'm going mad. I'm going doubly mad you know, so again, you know, just be honest, right, I wouldn't have been nice, and it wouldn't have been happy, and it would have been horrific, but to kind of take me through a a year of, well, it felt like abuse, Sarah, looking back, it did, honestly, because to constantly tell someone it's because of you, it's your fault and for them to believe that is and and just sit in marriage counseling i mean we had to do a survey in the marriage counseling independently and one of the questions was is there anyone else right, right. <laughs> the furthest thing from my mind it was literally the furthest thing from my mind so yeah
1: that was my story you're not just dealing with the betrayal of your husband uh, who you've been with for 20 years you're also dealing with the betrayal of one of your close friends who then continues to masquerade as your friend and i mean that is a huge betrayal in itself and then the fact that they are both together and obviously then talking about the situation and both knowing what's going on yes on top of that as well, you've got the, that, that deception. So yes. how did you confront them when you found the text message? Oh. What happened then? Oh, God. Oh, my God. The other layer to this, Sarah, is you've got to understand this
2: is quite a well-to-do little village, right? Very mixed, but a lovely little school, which, you know, people move to this place to get into this primary school, right? Um, everybody knows each other, and I mean everybody knows each other um a lovely place. And I did not go to bed that night. I'll remember that. I stayed up all night, literally stayed up all night. And he did as well. So I he was out with his dad having dinner. I sent him the message, I think, that I'd seen it. Or and I phoned him and he, you know, it's, I think he said, no, no, it's not what you think. It's just a friend. That's what he said. And then he came home and it was kids were in bed, thankfully. But this is so strange, Sarah. Do you want to know really what happened to me that night? Relief. Because I was going mad. And this at least gave me a reason.
1: Right? I don't know if like the jigsaw puzzle comes together. It's like all of a sudden yeah. the jigsaw fits yeah. together, that missing yeah. piece. So you thought you yeah. were going mad. but well, it makes sense. Yes.
2: yes. yes. So... Now, then it was a roller coaster. That night was just an emotional bloodbath, you know, shouting, crying, you know, uh, disbelief. I didn't take Ruby to school the next day. Um, I'll never forget that. Did
1: so you confront yeah, her? I,
2: I did. I had one conversation with her and she wasn't very nice. She wasn't very nice. And then I got some really challenging, nasty messages, you know. So, yeah. I, I always think to myself, you know, I, the way I bring, you know, I think women empower women, right? And I'm really strong with my daughter about lifting each other up and, and respect and integrity and self-love and, you know, so I do wonder, you know, on, on a moral scale about that. But, you know, everybody makes choices and people make mistakes and, and they have their version of what happened, right? So this is just
1: my lens. That's very brave of you to say, because I'm sure that a lot of people listening are going, oh my goodness, that is just horrendous, because it was. And that the pain that you went through, but interestingly, the relief when you discovered. So what was the worst point of the breakup then? Tell us, what was the darkest moment? So I was completely
2: broken. I can say that I remember vividly standing at the island in the kitchen, spreading toast and just sobbing, just being so sad so sad and i think and and again zara you know this the mum guilt i felt was off the chart right so so there was the breakup and losing the marriage but my family unit as well you know that was tough for me to move forward from um i think for me i had to relocate and then i wondered well did i have to relocate but that's the choice i made at the time so i relocated 600 miles Rehomed the kids, reschooled the kids, another nursery. You know, bought a new house. Completely changed my life. So I've never in my life had time off my work. I've got quite a grown-up job, as you know, right? I run a quite a big team, um, and I've never taken time off my work. I took. They were amazing. My my work were amazing, and I'm grateful to this day. I took eight weeks off. Eight weeks because I just needed to focus on physically getting my body, never mind about my mind and my soul, just physically getting my body and my two kids safely back to Scotland, right? Because I needed out of that toxic. It was toxic. needed out of that. So I think that was when you say what was the worst part, I think discovering that someone you genuinely trusted as a friend and and all the things I told her, and then really not believing he would have ever done that, And then there was kind of a loss of my life as well, because I was very instrumental in the life that we built, right, and and what we built
1: together. And I think that's very common that I have that loss of identity almost because you become wrapped up as a mum and and a wife and that whole sort of family unit. And I, I do remember you saying, you know, we're not a proper family anymore because it's just me and the kids. And I yeah. remember our discussions about that because obviously I, I've got one son who's uh, similar age to your, to your daughter. And, you know, I was like, oh, wow, I have a family and we're a tiny family, but we're still yeah. a family. You know, it's, it was interesting that I always remember that. I mean, having gone through such a tough time and I know a lot of people listening right now will be thinking, oh, my goodness, how on earth did you get through that? And maybe they're going through it themselves right now. So in order to turn it around what was that turning point what what was the time when you suddenly thought I've I've got to pull myself out of this
2: I remember it it was the Christmas before I came on your retreat I was sitting at my dining room table and my mum was like Kerry well you know you know of my mum right because I love
1: your mum I have to say (laughs) to this (laughs) is Kerry has one of those mums who just says it as it she just gives the best advice she's not a coach but her oh. voice is like outstanding every time. So yeah, big shout out to Kerry's mom, because oh. she's
2: awesome. <laughs> he does just tell me to kind of get on, pull, pull up my big girl pants. But I, I was just sitting and I said, Kerry, you're going to need to do something. This is not, you can't go on like this. And I was um, looking online, like retreats or recovery, and, and that was the turning point. That was the turning point. I booked it at Christmas. And I came on your retreat in February, and I have never looked back. Um, Two days, I remember, that is the first time I barely laughed in a few years at your retreat. One of your uh, other delegates, I'm not breaking any confidence, was a journalist. And I'll never forget something she said to me. I laughed so hard, I cried with happiness, because it was the first time I felt like that. And I met a friend on that retreat who remains one of my best friends today, Michelle. I know. Yeah. I'm going say her name because I told her. And that was a massive turning point for me. And then, you know, you've continued to coach me, right? But I think I just decided that I was going to survive this. But I wasn't just going to survive it. I was going to thrive. And the the real turning point for me was my kids and, and Ruby said, you know, oh, mommy, you're just uh, so nice today to see you so happy. And I was like, oh my God, this is not happening anymore, right? And um, that honestly was a turning point, that that retreat, because I, I just realized that actually what, you know, what, what are you doing, Kerry? You're, you get one life, you know, you, you're lucky. Be grateful. You've got a great job, great family, amazing kids. You know, financially independent. You know, you you were not the one who did a horrible thing, right? You know, and and you you cannot you you've got one life, right? And and that's really is honestly the turning point. And I think now I really do take care of myself, Sarah. I I'm, I think I told you I'm signed up to a, a wellness plan. I've been on since January, you know, I I exercise every day. Um, It's basics, right? We know this stuff, it's mental health, it's exercise, it's truly practicing gratitude, like genuine gratitude. Getting out of bed in the morning and saying thank you because people don't get out of bed sometimes, you know, they take their last breath. And I genuinely tried to tap into a little bit of a spiritual side of myself. And then it wasn't ever something I was ever into before you know, but exercise, eating well. Um, I'm not teetotal, Zara, but I don't drink. You know, if I've got an event, um, during those that first year and those dark months, I drank way too much, way too much, right? Uh, that was self-medicating. Um, so I, that does me no good, don't feel great. So I know the triggers. Um, but yeah, you retreat without a shadow of a doubt. and Because I kind of thought I was... I've been having a bloody pity party, excuse my language, right? Jesus Christ, Kerry, you know, you are seriously on a pity train, right? Get yourself together, you know, and then listening to all those other people who went through horrible things.
1: I mean, the retreats are really powerful because you actually get to see other people going through very similar things. You're not on your own. And there is another way, right? You can choose to be sad and, and we do sad because you feel sad it's traumatic and it is difficult and that's okay but yeah. there comes a point where it's time to choose the other path which is to pull yourself yeah. together to learn some skills to make stronger and to move forward and, and you really embrace that but I think one of the things I noticed this week, and it's very common with parents is that you will do so much more for your kids than yeah. you will do for you. So one of the motivations we worked on a lot was, let's do it for Ruby and Luca, because I knew that you would do so much more for them than for you. Yeah. So how's that worked out for you? Because I know some of the things you've done there, being an amazing mom and, and you were worried about being a single mom. Well, oh, weren't you? I was so
2: worried about being a single mom. And I am so ashamed of what I said about us as our family. I mean, I would want to slap myself now, right? We are an amazing family. The strongest people I know are single, one-parent families. Right, I hate the word single mum, by the way. One-parent family. I embrace it. We go everywhere together. Sarah, I've booked a long holiday in February. I'm taking my kids on a 10-hour flight by myself, and I cannot wait. You know, we were paddle boarding at the weekend. You know, before, I would go away and sit at the table and say, think, oh, God, everybody's talking about me oh God, you know, oh look, they're all looking at me because I'm sitting by myself. And actually half of the time they're saying, lucky her, wish I could get away from him. (laughs) You know, let's be honest, right? Half of the time they're thinking, Jesus, she looks like she's happy sitting with her book. So I think I've just flipped a lot of things, right? There's absolutely nothing we don't do in my family, right? We are such a tight unit. We ooze love. I don't, want this to come across the wrong way Sarah right because I am the least big-headed person in the world and I you know this right but I've noticed that people kind of look up to us you know and and a lot of my neighbors say it oh god you guys are and it's not about things that we do it's not about fancy things it's oh god you guys do so much together and you're you kind of see the love and you know and I don't know if they're surprised because I'm a Where I live, um, there aren't a lot of one-parent families. It's very traditional. Two parents, you know, and and a dog. Um, Two kids and a dog. But um, isn't it empowering when you can see yourself through someone else's lens? That's what I mean.
1: Absolutely. And also, you know, I think your kids have responded very well to your strength. And as you've got stronger, I mean, I will never forget the message that that Ruby sent me saying thank you for giving me my mommy back I mean that still is something I think about a lot because you know yeah. I know for her she was worried about you because she was, she was. Seven at the time. She's, she's you know yeah. older now and she's becoming a, a really Im- amazing young woman now but at the time yeah. I think watching you sad was tough for her but watching you blossom and get your strength back has given her a valuable life lesson too yeah
2: Sarah we have positivity cards in the kitchen Every single morning, we change it. We have vision boards, both of us. And on her board, she has a sign that says it takes courage to be different, right? She, honestly, I could cry when I, talk, when I think about how, you know, how amazing. Don't get me wrong, they've, get, they've got their moments, right? They're kids, but, you know, they are. And it's funny because, um, you know, I agonised over this being in two houses and going back and forward and that, oh, God, that, that used to wrench my heart. But the other day, Lucas said, can't even remember how we got onto the topic. Oh, it's great. We get two houses, two birthdays, two Christmas. Again, it's not about the stuff, right? But how amazing that they are positive about something that society would have you believe is negative sometimes,
1: right? How do you cope with that? Because I know at the beginning you struggled with the kids going away for a week at a time. And, you know, that was something that you, you were really worried about. So I know oh. a lot of my listeners feel exactly the same way. So oh, what well, would your advice be there?
2: Well, I can write a book on this one, guys. I used to close the door and rock back and forward for about a week, right? Um, I absolutely hated it. Um Now the flags are coming out. No, no. um. It's unbelievable. Um, So firstly, I want to say, my ex-husband is a wonderful father. I would actually say probably one of the best dads I've ever seen. He absolutely adores the kids. And they adore him. And their life is much richer with him. Um, so, So that's firstly, I want to say that. Secondly, he steps up. He steps up right? We co-parent almost 50-50, almost, right? Lockdown's been different because I've done lots of it, but generally he steps up. I have never got a worry in my mind about their happiness and their safety when they're with him. So that's how I look at it now, Zara, right? I think, God, aren't you having a great time? And thank God dad is doing that football, rolling about on the floor stuff, right? Because yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not that great at it. And the other thing to say about this as well, and this is very important to me, I've got a small family, a very small family. I call it English family on the England side, is big and wonderful. Well, wonderful to the kids, right? They've got two sets of grannies and granddads. They've got three sets of aunties and uncles and they adore each other. So they do spend a lot of time with them as well. So I... Always make plans now, Sarah. That was something I didn't do before. So my free weekend coming up and I'm seeing, can't do very much at the moment, right? But I'm seeing girlfriends on both days for walks, outside walks and coffee. Um, um, I'm not a very tidy person, um, but since doing this plan since January, this wellness plan, I've completely gutted my house from top to bottom you know, I had skips and I keep cleaning out cupboards and just finding new projects. So I just make sure I fill my time with things that fill my cup up. Self-love, right? Not just having a bath. You know, real self-love. Reading, reflecting, working out, eating well, buying nice food, preparing nice food, talking on the phone to girls like Michelle from your retreat, who's a dear friend so that's what I do now. And, and I just know that they're happy. I just know they're happy. So now, Sarah, you could probably vouch for the fact that I used to shut the door and rock back and forward for a week.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very common, though. I mean, I it's something, you know, I know that you had a really tough time with it and just the thought of it and even the run up to it was sort of yeah. affecting the time you had with them before they left. And yeah. I know found that extremely hard but you have turned a corner with that and I think the fact that you're focusing on you and you've got your own interest and your Kerry is a woman rather than Kerry's mum now I think is is really I do want to ask you one thing, Gary. I know that your ex moved on and he's had another child. Yes, yes. And I know that that again was a very difficult turning point for you. So yes. tell us a bit about that, because I'm yes. sure there's lots of people listening yes. who are having to deal with that too.
2: Yeah, that's never going to be. Oh, you know that's love. You know that's never going to be. But surprisingly, I was fine with it. You know, compared to where I would have been. But it's still an additional layer to the family right so yes uh, my ex had a baby this year in lockdown actually a boy so ruby and luca have got a half brother um yeah so he's I mean, he's part of their life because that side of my ex's life is 600 miles away the kids don't see lots of of them other than at holidays um i would say it's been a harder adjustment for my kids than me They've found it hard. And I think, Zara, you helped me navigate that situation because you gave me some coaching on how to help them with that. So they've found it harder. I mean, I offered, I said, congratulations. Um, I offered to get a present and a card. And on behalf of the kids, um, Ruby didn't want to do that. But I made sure the offer was there. And, you know, and I, I try and say now and again, how is, you know, X? And they're finding that a bit tough at the moment.
1: Because obviously they're now sharing daddy with somebody else. I guess so, Unless right? You. Yeah, I guess so.
2: And then there's split time because he's, you know, uh, here and then away. And I guess there probably is a little bit of jealousy in there, which would be normal, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every family has different dynamics. Yeah. And I guess if they don't get to see him so much and when they're there, he's obviously yeah. spitting his time three ways now, yeah. that becomes a little bit of a change, especially because they're so much older and they're not used to that. They've never known yeah. it. But I think one of the ways to look at it, I mean, my, my ex moved on very quickly and had a baby straight away after we broke up. And I think the way I flipped, it was that it was really good for my son to have, you know, a sibling because we only had one child so now he's got half yeah. brother and a half sister now. And and that actually for him, as he grows up and he's older, you know, when yeah. I'm not here anymore, he's still yeah. got people there yeah. for him who are family. So I think that's, you know, if you look at it for what's best for your child yeah. and it genuinely is good for them to have that extra family layer there. So, yeah, whilst that is challenging, but I think you've done an incredible job and you've been through so much, Kerry. You know, I, I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, what is the main message that you would like people listening to know, Yeah, people that are still struggling, maybe they're at the beginning of the story where you know yeah. they've been betrayed or maybe they're just stuck. I mean, I know it's it's been a journey for you and a process. What yeah. would be your main messages that you would like to, to get across?
2: Sure, you know, I actually thought about this um, because I, I, I needed to hear this at the beginning, right? So I actually thought about this before I came on and I'm gonna say, honestly, to anybody who's out there listening to this, please believe you will survive. Number one, even though you literally do not know how, just believe you will. You don't need to know how, just believe you will. Number one. Number two, so important at the beginning, literally just get through the day. Sarah, you know when you're on the floor in a ball, literally your life has ended on the spot. That's how you think. You don't even know how. When you're in that bit, just put one foot in front of the other, right? And for me, that was getting the breakfast, dropping them at school or nursery, getting to the afternoon, cooking dinner, just those little things. I think that number two. Number three, reach for help. and But be careful with your reach with hindsight be careful you've got very well intentioned friends but you've got this side that want to murder them or her and then you've got this side that are telling you yeah go back don't go back yeah don't go. Uh, yeah and then this side are telling you I'm gonna get them and you know just be careful with but when I say help emotional help but practical help as well right and if that is help with the kids or legal help or, you know, a counsellor, if you need one straight, make sure you've got emotional help and practical help. And number four, if you have children, which lots of us do, remember they're watching, and go back to number one again, believe you will survive. So that would be my lessons.
1: I love that. I mean, amazing tips from UK, who's been there, walked in those shoes and is now a growing example of, of how you can turn your life around and go on and be even happier than before and be doing exciting things and, and loving life. So I always ask my guests this question. The podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. I think it's important to know what happiness is. So what is happiness for you now?
2: You know, it really is just being in the moment and truly knowing this is exactly where i'm meant to be i feel quite I love that oh this point you know and just truly being with the kids in my house in my garden and truly saying this is exactly where i'm meant to be
1: that's it yeah, you are inspiring i'm sure a lot of my listeners are I'm thinking gosh wow well thank you so much for being a guest on the show today thank you for sharing have you enjoyed it i have you
2: know i big support of yours sarah and i genuinely mean this thank you
1: thank you you know for everything you've done and continue to do you're an absolute sweetheart and thank you for sharing i know it's very brave of you to do <laughs> so but i know you will have helped so many listeners around the world who are listening thinking Well, if Kerry can do it, then I can do it too. So thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode and allowing me to help guide you from your heartbreak to your greatest happiness. I look forward to you joining me on our next episode.
0: That's it it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sarah's virtual retreats.